No, hey, welcome to Riverview. Uh, if you've been around here for more than a year, you know that uh, once a year we do something called our annual family gathering where we uh, talk about what God's done in the past year, uh, where we've just seen ourselves lean into Him and expected Him to do great things, and we celebrate those things. We also look forward uh, to what God's going to do in the next year. So for us in year uh, 2021, how we're going to lean into him and the anticipation that we have of him showing up and doing big things. And so it's a really good reflective time for us just to look back and say, man, God was in our midst and God was in our presence. Now, 2020 was a really interesting year, we would all say. And so sometimes we can look back on that year and say, man, nothing good came out of that. But when we were getting ready for this service, man, my heart was encouraged. Um, I think our team's heart was encouraged just to see that God was so much at work in uh, our staff and, and through your lives, through the things that we were still able uh, to do. And so thank you for making 2020 fantastic and how you're already leading into 2021 and how we can lean into the Lord on that too. And so, but if you're not um, a regular Riverview person or haven't yet made Riverview your home, you might be thinking, man, this is the Sunday that I woke up for. I came out in the snow to go to an annual family uh, meeting. Uh, but I, I want you to know this is actually, it's a really good Sunday uh, for you to be here. Uh, because you'll see that we uh, try not to do anything in and of our own power. Uh, we want to lean into the Spirit. We want to lean into what Jesus is calling us to. And there are sometimes we say yes to things and sometimes we say no to things. And there are a lot of things that we had to say no to this past year. But I think you're going to get to see that um, we are a body of believers who just simply lean into where God wants to lead us. And sometimes um, it works, sometimes it doesn't. But at the end of the day, uh, we're trying to follow him to what he's doing. So it's a re it really is a good Sunday for you uh, to be here. And you'll get to hear from every one of our staff members. We're going to vote uh, in just a little while on a, a new elder, on our budget, and on some constitutional and bylaw changes. And so you'll get to be uh, see how that goes down too. Um, but those are the things that are coming up. One of the things I'm most excited about this morning, all the, all the stuff that I just talked about, but one of the things I'm most excited about is we get to uh, ordain or officially ordain uh, Tony Boscarino uh, this morning. And I am so pumped about that. Um, simply, like you, you guys, I've gotten to know him for about three and a half years now. It's about how long I've been here. But y'all have known him for the 12 and a half plus years that he's been here. He and Jess have, they poured their lives in uh, to uh, Riverview and to the community at Riverview and to your lives. And uh, you've been directly impacted by them. And so I'm incredibly excited to be able to walk alongside of him in this process. But at the same time, some of you are like, man, I thought he was already ordained. Like he's already, he's been here for that long. Why isn't he? I thought the same thing. And, and so uh, the elders and I, we've um, been watching Tony. They've been, obviously been watching longer than I have, but since we've been here, we've, we've seen his character. We've seen uh, his commitment to Christ. We've seen how um, he has not only uh, walked alongside of Christ in his own life, but he's also taught doctrinally pure. He is taught in a way that leads others to Christ. Um, we've seen him stand on this stage and, and lead with a guitar. We've seen him stand on this stage and lead from behind um, uh, uh, um, what we would call a, a podium, sharing the truth of, of God's word to us. We've seen a, a long line of people whose lives have been impacted by him because of the ministry that God has done through him. Uh, and, and so it's a great morning to be able to kind of celebrate and officially be able to uh, uh, ordain him. And so this morning, after 12 and a half years, it's time. It's time uh, to do that. And so you might be asking, uh, what, what's ordination? Why, why, do, why do we do ordination? What, what's the big deal about it? Um, in the most basic sense, ordination, it means to set, somebody up, to set someone apart 
for the work of ministry, for the purpose of ministry. Um, and in our context, for the specific ministry here at uh, Riverview uh, Community Church. Uh, and it's not something uh, that's uncommon. Uh, this is something that's been going on since uh, the church was established in the first century. Um, people have uh, put together ways of ordaining men who have been called into uh, the ministry, uh, who have been called into leadership, and to ordain them to the official work of ministry, what we would call vocational uh, ministry. And so uh, this is what ordination does not mean. Ordination doesn't mean that there's some special power that he has over anybody or um, any special power that somebody who's ordained has over anybody. It doesn't mean that they get to lord their authority or opinions over others. It means that we, we are simply recognizing that God has called him into ministry or anybody who's ordained, that they are called into ministry and that God has a particular purpose for them in ministry. And then we're going to come alongside and we're going to pray for, we're going to encourage, and we're going to commission them and send them out to whatever that mission field is that God has called that person uh, to. So it's a public recognition of God's call. It's not a uh, superpower um, that's being uh, demonstrated here. Um, it's saying that we see that God has done a, a work. And it's in line with what's taught in Acts 13, where Paul and Barnabas um, are getting ready to go out and begin to teach the gospel and uh, to see the world turned upside down. And Luke says it like this. He says, now there, there were in the church in Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then, after fasting and praying, laying their hands on them, and they sent them off. And then what happens is they go out into all the world, and they begin to turn the world upside down, not in and of their own power, but with the Holy Spirit of God doing the work through them. And so what we want to do this morning in keeping with uh, uh, the history of the church but also in line with what was going on in Acts chapter 13 that set the example for everything else, we want to just kind of formally and officially um, recognize that God has called Tony into ministry. And, and obviously, he's been doing that for a long time. And so we're not saying um, uh, you've, you're just now starting to do ministry. He's already been doing that. We are saying we see God's call on your life. We see the commitment and the character that you have. We see that God is clear, and we just want to come alongside, we want to put our hands on you, we want to pray you and officially commission you and recognize that as a church body. So that's what we're going to do up here this morning. And uh, the real testimony, if somebody has been called to ministry, is are there, are there lives around them that have been changed? And I, I'm guessing that every one of us could stand up here and, and form a long line and say, man, he has impacted my life. God has impacted my life through Tony, and it would take us all day. And so what I did is I asked John and Austin, uh, two guys from his life group, to come and just share how, Tony, uh, how God has worked through Tony and impacted these guys' life. So if you would, just come on up here and, and share uh, a, a couple things here. Now, these two guys are a man of many, many words, um, but I've limited them to just a few, so they could talk all day. Uh, and, and Austin is really, really looking forward uh, to talking. <laughs> no, actually, Austin, uh, he said, um, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But because of the ministry that has happened in my life because of Tony, I'll be glad to stand on the stage. So, yeah, yeah share with us what's been going on. That's exactly right. Uh, I'm very uncomfortable up here, but uh, for Tony, I'll do anything. Yeah. Get that out of the way, I guess. Um, <laughs> Tony has uh, 
been walking with me for about two years now, and uh, just what an impact he's been able to make in my life. Um, I never used to read a whole lot of the Bible and everything, but having a group that we go to and work through the scriptures together has really impacted me, and uh, I thank him so much for how he breaks things down and um, makes it more real, and uh, it's just amazing to see how God works through Tony. Um, he's awesome for the church, our community, and I'm really excited to see what, uh, what he's got left for him down the road. That was short. <laughs> well, like Anthony said, you know, we could talk up, talk a lot and tell a bunch of stories about Tony and stuff, but uh, just a couple things that I'd like to talk about that uh, ways that he's impacted my wife, my life, not my wife. <laughs> uh, the first thing would be just uh, probably the biggest thing for me is just how, how Tony lives his life. I mean, just as we watch him, you know, how he, uh, how he treats his wife, you know, how he treats other people, you know, you cannot find a friendlier person, you know, a nicer guy to talk to. Uh, just the example that he sets as a servant for us as a church body is super encouraging. I mean, he's just open for God to use all the time, anytime, whenever he sees fit. Uh, so I just think that and that uh, example to me has just been really impactful how I uh, view other people and how I walk in my life every day. Um, and then the other thing that I would say is, uh, you know, I've been through a bunch of life groups with Tony and, you know, you'll be reading a passage and, you know, it says this, you know, all this different stuff and you read it and you think, what the heck was that? What did I just read? I have no idea what to make of that, you know? And, uh, I just think the way that Tony's mind works, he's just able to uh, um, put it into words that you can understand. And if he doesn't really know what it is either, you know, he knows the resources to uh, translate that stuff to something that you can use in your life. So I'd say that just the way I, uh, he translates scripture to me has been uh, really changed the way that I can read the Bible. And then also when I got married, the way that I can translate uh, stuff that my wife says has been pretty <laughs> impactful too. So thank you for that, Tony. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We, we could go on and on uh, with people who have been impacted uh, through the ministry that God's doing through uh, Tony. Um, one of the things that is in, encouraging um, for me is when I first came here, um, you hope to have good staff. You hope to have good support people around you. Uh, Tony was just uh, a fantastic guy, somebody who, who loves the Lord, you, you know is opening up the scriptures, uh, that is not, not a man who thinks on his own per se, but is listening to what the Spirit is saying through the scriptures and then orders life according to that. And so I couldn't think of a better person to do ministry alongside of. Uh, so thanks for the ministry that you've done uh, here with RCC and the ministry that you've had in my life and the encouragement that you've been for me. Um, Jess, I want to ask you guys to go ahead and come up. And I want to read uh, a couple of words that Paul gives Timothy, um, who is a young guy who's going on to the ministry. Um, uh, I, I guess we could say you're still young, Tony. I don't know. Um, but you're getting, the, you're getting there. Um, no. Uh, these are just words that uh, Paul encouraged Timothy with. 
And I have Jess come up here too, because when anybody's going into ministry, it's not only a target on Tony's back, but it's a target on Jess's back and a target from the enemy. And, and so everywhere he goes, she goes. And they do ministry together. So the pain he feels, she feels. The encouragement that he feels, she feels. And so they are a team. They do it together. And, and so uh, I want to uh, have you guys both up here. And what I want to do, here we go. Second Timothy chapter 4. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who's a judge of living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they'll accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off and miss. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Guys, we are living in a time of history where I think we're seeing the same thing that Paul was encouraging Timothy to be aware of um, being played out, right? That we are in a culture where people want their ears itched. Um, they they, they want to hear what they want to hear. They don't want to hear what God has to say to them. And so we desperately need men and women who are sharing the truth of the gospel, who are standing on his word, who are willing to uh, not bow down to the culture and to, and to say what somebody wants to hear, but to say what God has to say. And, and so I've seen that in you over and over and over, and I've seen it in you. You guys have spoken hard truth to me, and, and I've appreciated that, and, and I have no doubt that you're going to continue to do what Paul was telling Timothy here, that you are going to be sober in your judgment, that you are going to stand firm and stand fast, that you're not going to bow the knee to the culture, that you are going to preach the word in season and out of season. So uh, I want to encourage you guys with that, but we also want to pray for you guys um, as well. And so, Tony, I just want to ask you one question here. Um, so as you have for the past 12 years uh, here at Riverview, will you continue to teach the sound doctrine that you have up, the, up thus far with your integrity and strong and moral spiritual character? And will you hold God's truth up over your own opinion and love the people of RCC well? All right. Hey, guys, uh, elders, I want to have you come up, and we're going to pray over uh, you two. And then uh, after we pray, uh, I want to have you guys just kind of share uh, just, just a little bit, whatever the Lord puts on your heart, okay? All right. Let's circle up here. So this is what the church did in, in Acts, is they gathered around, they put hands on, they prayed, and they sent out on commission to wherever God leads. And right now, it's here. I just want to read uh, John 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. My Father is glorified in this, that you would bear much fruit and prove to be my disciple. And that's exactly what, what Austin and John described. Tony, thank you for being a disciple of Christ. God, we, we lift you up and we thank you for the work that you've done in and through Tony. Thank you for the way that you've allowed him to minister here. And I pray that you continue to bless his ministry here. Continue to lead us in worship, in, in our thoughts, in our life groups, in, in teaching, in the way that he brings your word to us. Uh, just guard your word through him. Uh, guard his heart. Uh, he and Jess, just draw them together as a couple that they would be stronger together. Um, we just cling to you, God. And, and I know Tony and Jess cling to you as well. And I just pray that you continue to feed that passion, fill them with, with the, your spirit, and lift them up 
as they uh, minister to the people both here and in, in, in their neighborhood, in their community, where the people they engage with on a daily basis and uh, even places that you will send them uh, that they don't yet know. Um, I, just, I just pray that you would walk with them, God, and uh, that their ministry would be fruitful and that you would be glorified. Heavenly Father, um, you have just raised up such a man in Tony. You've chosen him, Lord. You've chosen him for this, um, this time and this day. Lord, you're guiding him. Your spirit is in him. Your spirit has filled him. I pray that it continues to guide him and fill him to the utmost, Lord. Um, you've given him the ability, Lord, to divide your word rightly. And Lord, uh, to me as a young man, Lord, and um, you have chosen him just like you did Timothy. And you're directing him, Lord, and you're guiding him. And so he can be bold and he can continue in your word. And Lord, I, I don't know where you're taking him. I don't know what the plans are in the future. But I know that he's serving you and that he wants to serve you with his whole heart, Lord. So I just pray for that. Pray that you just continue to guide him in Jesus' name. And so, Father, the, you know, the call to ministry is a beautiful call. It's a burdenful call. Um, and it's a dangerous call because the target of the enemy is so strong. And so I want to pray that you would uh, guard the doctrine um, that you've instilled in, in Tony and Jess. I'm going to pray, Father, that you would give them courage to stand when it's so much easier to bow. Father, I want to pray that you would give them the ability uh, to fight against the attacks of the enemy who would love nothing more than to discourage the work that you're doing in them, through them, and around them. I pray, Father, that you would uh, um, protect their marriage, that you would guard in that aspect, that they would continue to pour into one another. And then as they receive from you through your word and through just walking alongside of you in diligence, God, and obedience, I pray that you would fill their cup. And as you fill their cup, that the overflow of that would be what ministers to us as a body. So, Father, I lift them up to you, pray for them, and I thank you uh, for them. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, Tony, here is your certificate of ordination uh, signed by uh, all the elders there. And so, yeah. I just wanted to say a couple of things about Tony since I've known him the longest. And um, so I met Tony about six years before we moved to Nebraska. And we ran in the same circle. Um, we were both in a campus ministry and really seeking God. And something that drew me to Tony is that he was always a shepherder of souls. I would just see him around campus meeting with people, all sorts of different kinds of people, and people that you know most people wouldn't want to even meet with. And he just has always had a kind, loving heart, and um, he's been a shepherder of my soul as well. And so I'm just thankful that, you know, we're recognizing him today and thankful for you, so. Thanks. <laughs> uh, um, when we moved to Nebraska, um, Jess said, uh, well, things grow in Nebraska. 
And uh, it's, been, it's been quite a few years, and it hasn't always been easy, but God has been growing in us um, personally and together. And I just want to take this opportunity just to say that uh, I'm not as spiritually in tune as Jess is, so oftentimes, like, she recognizes a lot of things that I don't see, so, like, Jonathan Myers, who's sitting there, you know, for weeks, Jess is like, you got to talk to him. He's on my heart. You got to talk to him. So then I finally talked to him. And, you know, so like, that's actually Jess, you know, giving me that idea. Or there's just so many different things where like, um, the things that I actually do with connecting with people is because Jess was saying, hey, this is on my heart. And this is what I know you need to do. And you need to think about this. And it's not just people. It's also worship. You know, like she really has this huge heart for, for ministry and really is in tune with God's spirit. And you guys don't get to see that all the time. So the things that we do in worship and prayer, um, so many of that, so many of those things come from, come her. So thank you. And uh, thank all of you for just helping us and walking alongside of us as we grow to follow Jesus. Thanks. You guys are too cute, man. Too cute. You guys get the, the, the cute award today, too. Yeah. Hey, uh, so shifting gears a little bit. Uh, so uh, we know 2020 was crazy. It's easy to look back and say, well, where was God in the midst of all that? And, you know, where's the silver lining? Uh, I was sitting down with Michelle uh, a few weeks ago, and we were kind of having one of those annual, like, let, what are we going to be doing in the next year? Just kind of talking together, just really, I think, encouraging one another. And uh, she just gave me this huge list or talked through this huge list of where God has been at work over the past year. And I was incredibly excited about that and encouraged by it. So I just want to share just a, a, just a, a real brief list, and you'll be able to hear more from the staff in just a few minutes. But maybe you don't know or you've forgotten, but here's some things that God's done. We had the If Gathering here this year. We had the If Lead Gathering that happened here. We had a baptique that happened outside when we were doing outside worship, and several people were baptized out there. We had probably the best harvest party that we've had uh, in our history uh, uh, as far as attendance uh, was uh, concerned and the amount of just fun stuff and activity that we were able to do um, this year. We did the sidewalk, the sidewalk project here in town where people just kind of, we had a great team who went down and descended on the, on the town and helped people who couldn't otherwise afford maybe a sidewalk to get a sidewalk to be in alignment with what's going on in, uh, in, with the city. And that was really cool to watch that team work. Um, we had uh, Service Sunday downtown where we just, RCC and, uh, and visitors went downtown and just served our community and, and kind of beautified the area. We did outside services at RCC. We had no idea really exactly how we were going to do that and what it would look like to do that. But we did that. It seems like forever ago when we were outside doing worship services, but we were able to continue to meet out there. Uh, we had Marriage Night 2020 uh, here as well. We started Soul Healing, which has been, uh, had a lot of great traction, and the Lord, I think, is using that. Um, we learned how to do online services. Like we, we, were do, we were putting our services online, but after the fact, but we learned how to do all that. I, I say we, I had nothing to do with that. It was all the, the tech and the video people who know what they're doing, and they figured out how to work on that. So thanks if you were on those teams. We did uh, Cruising into Christmas. Uh, we came alongside of missionaries uh, in our local area, our regional area, and, and globally as well to see their mission succeed and just to be a part of God doing great things, not just here, but globally uh, throughout the pandemic as well. And so it's just kind of cool to look back and see that. And in the middle of all of this last year, there was not a Sunday that went by. There were a couple of Sundays where we weren't able to meet because of rain or weather, inclement weather, but there was not a Sunday that went by where God's word was not taught. 
where people didn't get to engage in worship, where people didn't get to spend time together with family or friends or just in the Word uh, by themselves just worshiping God. And so there's a lot that God has done in the midst of a really hard year. And so uh, I don't, is the, is the video ready to go? We got it. Okay, so we're going to try to play a video and just to kind of recap uh, a little bit of what I was uh, just talking about, and then you'll get to hear the staff uh, uh, give a little highlight about it as well. Awesome. So we have a lot to celebrate. God is so faithful. Um, in case we haven't met, my name is Michelle Powell, and I, my official title is Care and Support Director, which means I'm involved in a lot of different things with the goal of encouraging and hopefully helping equip our people, our family, to care and support each other. So that includes women's ministry things, helping with the events, um, so I'll go through that a little bit. The, the women's ministry this last year had a really good year, actually, aside from losing a, you know, a few people who um, from isolation and just who are kind of social distancing and, and didn't really feel comfortable being around groups. But we were able to have our women's intersection, our one in January, and then the ones in the summer. We had our, our IF gathering. Last year, we also had a mini retreat in the fall, so the women's ministry um, was really able to just kind of keep going, and 2020 taught us what really kept coming to my mind as I prepared and thought about what I wanted to share is that our core value of, of God's family over isolation was really put to the test last year, so it really um, was a guiding factor in the realization that we need each other. So there's no way around that, that we need each other. So um, I just want to encourage us with that, that to continue that, um, that value, striving for that value for community, um, because we're a family and we need each other. So I'd love to thank all the ladies for the ladies who were speakers for the um, intersections, we had ladies who, the ladies who attended, the ladies who invited people to attend, the ladies who brought the food that was super delicious. Um, so this year, we're already off, the ball is already, already rolling for 2021, our IF gathering, in, I mean, our intersection gathering in January, had like 53 ladies there. They just kept coming. And God was faithful in providing that there would be enough food for everybody. So it worked out really well. And I'd like to thank Christy Bundy, too, who stepped into leadership for that area of ministry. So that's really awesome. And then our IF, we have a local IF team. They're gearing up, getting ready for IF, March 5th and 6th. That's a couple weeks away. We're in the intense registration window right now. So guys, if you can free your ladies up, that would be awesome. Then the IF team, I asked them if they would share a little bit about why IF's important to them. And they all did a great job sending me video clips and Tony put it together for us. So take a look at this video passionate about if gathering because it's an incredible time of women all around the world gathering together to go deeper in their faith and to hear the truth of God's word shared uh, from many speakers with all different kinds of passions and backgrounds. It's always an exciting time to connect with other women and just to ask the Lord, what do you have for me in this next season? Exactly where I am in building disciples and building your kingdom. My absolute favorite thing about the If Gathering and If Ministry is just their heart behind everything. Their base that they um, do everything around is 
basically what RC sees is, you know, people finding Jesus is the most important thing. So their goal is to encourage, reach, train, um, challenge followers of Christ of all ages and uh, encourage them to go share the gospel, which is the most important thing. We have lots of yummy food, great drinks, so it's just a really refreshing weekend where you can just come, sit, connect with other ladies and hear um, lots of different speakers. You definitely leave the weekend feeling really refreshed and renewed. We hope that the IF gathering last year and we're gonna be hoping again this year because we love getting the chance to speak with other women at our church. Another reason why we love going and helping is because we get to listen to really great speakers and learn about their experiences through their walk with Christ. And you guys should come to the IF gathering this year on March 5th and 6th. See you there, bye. Oh, those those two girls at the end, they're two of the three tech of the tech team. Uh, the fun part about that is when I asked them if they would uh, serve again this year for the tech piece for the IF gathering, they were like, oh, we were just talking about that. We were hoping we could serve again. I'm like, oh, yes, I love you. Thank you, God. So it's super fun that they are excited about serving in that way. So again, it's this is the window to sign up. A couple things in 2020 that God really was so good and faithful to, to our body is through the sidewalk project. You've heard about that most more than likely. You've heard a little bit about the sidewalk project, but it was an awesome opportunity to be outside, to be serving people in our community by helping them with their sidewalks. This is an overwhelming situation for, for several families of our community on how they were going to um, make this happen and this and Riverview and the awesome volunteers and the just the talented people that we have serving here were able to come and help that make a reality and it's a it's a tangible reminder of God's faithfulness on the sidewalks when we see and it was an awesome opportunities for connection and relationship um, also for the ministry my the rest of the ministry side for soul healing God brought that into my world and um, it's been an awesome tool for us to work and walk in the freedom um, that, got, that we have in Christ. It's helping us live the gospel in, in, in day in and day out. So we've, I've got to watch a lot of ladies walk through that and learned a lot. I'm still going through it. I'm a, thick, I'm a hard study. I just keep having to go to, you know, relearning and relearning and relearning. And uh, there's always more to, to grow, more, more ways to grow. So I'm looking forward to more of that here in 20, 2021 and looking to have maybe the author of that series come here in the fall. So you can be praying about that if we can have a conference here with her. So that would be real a huge blessing. So that's all I have. Thank you to everybody. It's awesome to get to serve alongside you and to walk with you here as a family. And Mayor Spuller is somebody I get to work with and walk alongside, so I'm super grateful for her too. Thanks. Me for you too. All right, so I'm Mayor Spuller, Kids Life Director. I'm looking back on 2020, things stopped about March 1st, right around there. Um, not much happened after that. No Easter egg hunt, no VBS, no kids life, no nothing. And it was kind of a bummer. But on the flip side of that, it wasn't all bad to have a break as well, I'll be honest. Um, 
it was maybe time for some of my VBS leaders to kind of have a, a break. And so it, God knew all of that going into it. And so it all worked out fine. And um, we are gearing up for different new things, all those things, again, in 2021, though. Um, so when school started, we kind of waited to see what happened with school, how they were going to do things. And there were kind of my guideline as what we're going to do, how we were going to do things here. So once they got their ducks in a row, we decided to start Kids Life um, in September. And so we all masked up so that we could, if you're masked here, you're masked at school, like it all was intertwined and still is back there um, so that you know that. Um, and it's been great. All of my kids' life teachers in 2020, it came back after all of that time. And um, even though some of them are older and COVID was a real, um, I'm not going to say a fear because that was not it at all, but it was a real thing to think about for them. They showed up and it's awesome. And I'm going to say this again. I say it every year, but we have a rock star kids' life team back there every single week. And um, I know that, you know, James dismisses them. I'm calling you out, by the way, Esme, when you said, kids, you must leave. Esme at the door said, that was really rude. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Back there every week. Once they go back there, you know, I'm sure that you guys think it's a little quieter in here, maybe a little more seating and all that, but they are having a blast back there with teachers that are there every single week with them. They know, like if you guys come to the same service, it's the same teachers back there. And it was a few years ago that I did the big ask of my teachers. They were teaching once a month, and it was actually kind of hard, and I said asked if they would teach every week, and um, almost all of them said yes, and even though it is um, a huge, huge commitment to be here every single week, the fruit of it has been amazing. Those people back there love your children, love them, and the fact that they are here every week, they get to know the kids, they know when a birthday is, they know what happened this week, they know if somebody's kind of having an off day, for kids that are maybe a little bit harder, they know what works to calm them down or keep them um, engaged, like it has just been a game changer, and that um, is all because of God, and he has just been doing big things back there. Also, this last year in 2020, I had a year ago when we did this, I had asked for, um, I really, really had the desire to start teaching our nursery kids, our preschoolers in the, or not preschoolers, but our toddlers in the nursery, and threw out the idea of a, a curriculum, and Leanne Oshner, and Darcy, um, and Delaney, um, a stopper do second service, and Leanne is here every single week for first service and has implemented that. And it's super simple, but again, it's such a cool thing. These little kids can be learning, and so um, it's a big deal. So there's a lot happening back there, and it wouldn't happen at all. It's not me. It is all the kids' life teachers. So if you see them, if you just, like, after a service, go hang out and tell them thank you. They would just love that. But... Um, it's kind of the unseen, that, unseen thing that happens back there, but they are rock stars. They truly are. Um, so then moving on into 2021, the plan is to have an Easter egg hunt. The plan is to have VBS. If they can have school, then we can have VBS, right? So that's the plan. Um, VBS is in June. 
Not sure which week yet, either the second or third week. I'll let you know soon. Details will be rolling out very, very soon. And the big ask of can you help with VBS will be rolling out very, very soon as well. Um, it's a, we usually, in normal, you know, before COVID, we had around 150 kids. So that requires at least 50 helpers, at the least. So um, if that's something you want to be thinking about, just talk to me. I'd love your help for any or all of that week. Um, Easter egg hunt. Sorry, I'm going backwards, but back. Easter egg hunt will be on Good Friday in the afternoon, and if you want to help stuff eggs anytime before that and the week's coming up, we do a couple thousand eggs, and my plan is to have it all outside so that nobody has to come in. Um, usually, I kind of do different things in here. I'm not sure what all that looks like yet, but we will present the gospel. It is a huge outreach. The last few years, we had so many people that were not Riverview people that came, which was super, super fun. It's why we do it. I mean, I love our Riverview kids, obviously, but when we do outreaches like that, it's not necessarily for our kids. It's for the community. It's for other people because, as was said earlier, the most important thing is people finding Jesus and growing in a relationship with him. So that's why we do those things that we do that um, require a little more work and are kind of hard and labor-intensive, but they are totally worth it. Um, for you guys here, for parents, I am hoping to roll out. Um, every year I do just a little bit more. Obviously, you guys are the main um, disciplers of your children. We want to partner with you in that. Um, we send home parent take-home sheets, and I'm trying to figure out a good way to maybe send you the occasional once-a-month email or if it's a social media site or what that looks like because I'd love to continue to just kind of communicate with you a little bit more. And then um, I'm going to have a resource wall at some point just to kind of give you like, your child is one. This is what you can be expecting. Your child is a freshman in high school. This is what you can be expecting, that kind of thing. Um, books that you can check out that are kind of fun from ParentQ, um, which is also a really fun um, social media like site to follow, ParentQ. I'm gonna plug that as well. I've been following it for probably the last six months. They've got really good stuff. Um, so I think, that's it. I forgot my notes, so I'm just winging it. <laughs> but I think that's it. You're up. I don't know if you guys caught that. Nonchalantly, she said we fill a couple thousand eggs. So just another pitch to help. That's a lot of eggs. I am going to talk about worship in life group, give you a quick flyover of what the, the past year was like. Specifically starting with worship, this was a year that gave us so many opportunities to grow because we were continually faced with so many challenges that we didn't know what to do with. Um, so just when we went online, when we went strictly online, uh, you guys didn't get to see this, but we would have the team up here and then we would play and then sometimes James would be back there and he'd record on the camera. We'd take the SD card out, put it in the computer and we'd all sit and listen to it. <laughs> And they're like, no, I can't hear it. We do it again. We do it again. And it just, uh, you know, it was, it was not easy because we didn't know how to get the same sound that you hear on Sunday to come through on your computer or your TV screen. But we worked through it. The part that I realized is that when we were doing it for the camera, um, none of you were here, you know? I mean, it seems pretty obvious. But what I'm saying is, I realized that the part that I love so much about Sunday mornings is hearing the church of Christ together corporately sing out to Jesus. And when we were all in line, we just didn't, I, I didn't get to experience that. I didn't get to hear your voices. Like this morning, we did Waymaker. I mean, that is awesome. That is the church declaring the greatness of God together. And we need that as a body. And I missed that when we were online. 
So we were online for a while, then we went outside, which brought its own challenges, because then we were trying to live stream, and then we were setting everything up, so we'd practice in the foyer on Thursdays with our mobile setup. Then we'd unplug all of that, get here really early on Sunday, plug it all in, and pray that somehow it actually would work. Um, so you guys didn't get to see a lot of that either. But we had incredible people, so I want to say uh, thank you to the tech team, the guys that came in, made the stuff work, made it come out. If you're watching online, there's the one, they're the ones that set that up for you, so thank you to them. Also, thank you to the worship team in general, because this past year, we just had to be flexible. There were so many challenges, trying to figure things out, timing, everything. I think about Pam Prisbis, if you remember, she was there with like 17 clips on her music when it was super windy. Uh, so there's just a lot of things that we had to go through. Um, and then I want to make a very special thank you to um, the leadership team of worship, which would be um, Eva Carson and, and Natalie specifically. Just thank you guys so much. Um, they each play their individual roles on trying to help our church grow in worship. So this is definitely not all me. Um, this past year, Natalie was trying to help us learn how to sing better. <laughs> so hopefully that's getting better. <laughs> um, and then Eva, just so strategic. You know, like I'm the one that uh, I want to I play music. I want to connect with the team. But she's always forcing me to think at a bigger level, how can we create culture? What songs are we singing? How do we work through systems? with getting people on the team. So I really want to make sure that I thank those people because that was great. Okay, then we came inside and you're all here. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, going, I'm also going to talk about life group for just a second. Life group was hard. If all you hear all the time is you need a physical distance, you need a social distance, that just breaks down community. And so this was difficult for life group ministry because we tried to go online and we tried to do the Zoom thing and that causes issues because people are trying to get on and how do you get on and I can't hear you and what are you, you know, what's going on? So there were just issues with that. Um, even though it was hard, I'm thankful that we had that opportunity to still connect and to still be together. It's like God provided this other way for us still to connect. But I'm also thankful that that's not something that we um, have to continue doing for all of us. There's still some that are meeting online, but for the majority of our groups now, we are meeting in person. Uh, one other thing that was new, this past year we did Not a Fan class that uh, Jess and I taught together, and it was kind of a unique way to get a, a, like about 30 people in here to watch a video and talk about it, so it was another way for us to grow that wasn't specifically through our life group ministry. One more thing about life groups, we're realizing that we have a lot of people that want to get involved right now, which is so good but we don't have room for everybody, which is so bad. Um, so we definitely need more couples groups. Uh, we really need more women's and men's groups. So if you're in a group, um, you and your spouse say, we could lead this. Or if you're in a women's group and you're like, ah, I could probably figure out how to do this. Or a men's group, you know, I'd love to talk with you because we need more leaders because God's blessed us with people that want to get involved and want to build community, but we're struggling with that. My last thing is thank you to you if you are a life group leader. Last year was tough trying to figure out how to have community by not being with your people, how to help people grow, how to stay connected when things kind of are falling apart. So thank you so much to all of you. And that's the wrap up. James Berkston, come on down. Hey, everybody. Again. Uh, this is my update. I'm going to do this in less than five minutes, and if it's longer than five minutes, somebody punch me in the face. Thank you. Hey, by the way, Jonathan, your daughter, she's on my list. What a pretty dainty little flower saying that I was rude on the way out. You be sure to tell her that's wrong. All right.
right, so hey, uh, I'm James Burson. I'm the youth pastor here, and I just want to let you know, here's a little backstory. We have three, min- three, three ministries that we do. Quest is our fourth and fifth grade ministry. Squad is our middle school ministry, and Anomaly is our high school ministry. So I'm going to say those names and just assume that you get it. So I have the, the blessing, the pleasure of leading a team of 27 adults and high school students who are leading our student life ministry. That's all through the three different groups, Quest, Squad, and Anomaly. Um, it would be so crazy ridiculous for me to lead our ministry all by myself. Like, just, it, I can't even imagine. It gives me nightmares even thinking about it. And along with that group of 27, I'm so happy to, uh, to let you know that six of our leaders are high school students. We have uh, four high schoolers that are leading at Quest, and we have two high schoolers that are leading in Squad. And... Uh, and just so you know, in a year where, like Tony was talking about, it was encouraged to distance and it was encouraged to disconnect, um, we were able to, to provide some virtual events. Um, the first one is baccalaureate. Baccalaureate is like the, the uh, Christian graduation. And so we were able to do a virtual baccalaureate for the, the graduating seniors this year. And that was a really cool event because nothing was happening. And we were able to have 12 high school students lead worship, read scriptures. Blake Cobbs did a phenomenal job of sharing his story. And then we, uh, we had a teacher. And, and I, I heard so much feedback from that and just what a blessing it was to be able to watch that. The second thing is we were supposed to go to Kansas City this summer for Challenge, which is the every other year summer youth conference for our high school kids. They canceled that, and so in its place, we did a virtual challenge, and that was a one-night thing. We were hanging out over here. We watched it on the screen, and I'm just blessed to be able to say that we had 30-ish high school kids that were here that night, and that was just incredible, again, when we're pushing distance to be able to be together in that way. One of the greatest challenges that we had this year into this fall was Quest. So Quest is our fourth and fifth grade ministry. It meets in the elementary school from 315 to 430. And I had it in the back of my head with all of the restrictions that were happening all over our schools. Um, When I went to meet with Randy Weiss, the uh, athletic director, the activities director, that he was more than likely going to say, you can't meet for Quest. We just don't want the liability, the risk of meeting in the school. I went in there with that mindset. And I remember walking into his office and saying, well, what do you think? And he said, well, why don't you start outside? And then you can come in. There was no mention of we should cancel Quest. There was no mention of this is not something that we should do. And it blew me away that, that he was seeing the value of it and going, this is something that we need. And God showed up in a huge way because we met outside for almost the entire fall. And we only had one Wednesday the entire fall where we had to cancel because of weather. God gave us incredible weather for our Quest ministry outside. And I remember when it was time to come inside, I went and met with Mrs. Bray, the principal at the elementary school. And, at this, and in the back of my head, again, I was thinking, this is the time. She could very easily say, I don't think it's safe. I don't think we should do it. And I went in and, and I sat down with her, and that was never a part of our discussion. I handed her our guidelines, and I, I shared my heart, and she said, this is something that you have to do. And so again, I want to say thank you to the culture of Riverview and to the leadership that has been a part of that ministry for like 13 to 15 years, that the elementary school principal and her staff see Quest as so valuable 
that when things are shutting down, they are opening their doors up and saying, this is what we need. And I want to let you know that we went inside and it was crazy. And this has been such an incredible year. And I'll let you know that every single week we have 65 to 70 fourth and fifth graders as a part of our Quest ministry. And that is so phenomenal. And I am 100% certain that that is the number of kids that we have because I bring 70 Kool-Aid jammers every single week to get the kids through the food line. And there are hardly any left every single week. And so God has been so incredibly good in that. Uh, something that I thought was going to be so terrible, God turned it into a, an incredible thing. Uh, I know I've painted a fairly rosy picture. I want to let you know that I've done this job for 19 years. And for 19 years, I've experienced a thing. And it's been like this. And this was by far the most challenging year of youth ministry that I have ever had. Most challenging. Where I would send out my, my weekly email, my weekly text messages saying, this is what's happening this week. And, and it was inevitable that there would be one, two, five or more leaders who had to quarantine, or who had had to quarantine, or who actually had COVID. And I don't fault them for that whatsoever. But it was just an incredibly challenging year. Um, this fall was incredibly challenging as we tried to get momentum in a time where momentum just didn't feel possible. And so our squad group and our, and our anomaly group, they ebbed and flowed with what was happening in our schools with quarantine, numbers in quarantine. And I want you to know that the last two weeks of December and the weeks of January and February that we have had have felt so incredibly normal. It's felt like we are getting back to normal ministry and it feels so good. And my team has risen to the challenges of COVID and they've just thrived um, in meeting kids in the uncertainty and the fear that they feel in 2020 and 2021. And so there's a lot of good things that are happening. I just want to let you know that, that our focus for this semester is to bring our kids back. There are kids that haven't been able to, haven't been able to come who, um, you know, it just hasn't been worth the risk. And so we're going after our kids. We're going after all of our kids and letting them know that we want them back, that we miss them. And as, as a team, we're going to go after our kids. And so this has been an, a, a challenging season, but it's been a really good season of, of student life ministry. Um, Thank you guys so much. Thank you to my leaders. It's not impressive. I tell the kids this all the time. It's not impressive that I show up on a Wednesday night because I get paid to do it. For the, for the leader who works all day and then shows up here, that's impressive. For the middle school teacher who then comes here and hangs out with more middle school kids, that's impressive. Um, for the person who's like, I've got my job and yet I'm still going to make a, a meal for 60 to 70 kids, that's impressive to me. So thank you guys so much for your prayers and thank you for helping with the meals and thank you to all my leaders for the time that you've given. Um, just so you know, it's not for nothing. You are having incredible impact. Those are, um, those are the things I want to share with you guys um, about my, my announcement, student life, just stuff. All right, so Anthony's making his way up here and he's got some cool things to talk about with budget. All right, and all right. Elders and members. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you guys are excited about the budget. Oh, that's for you, James, sorry. Um, okay, hang in there. We're, we're almost there, okay? Uh, th this is the team that I, I get to, to hang out with, and I get to do ministry alongside, and I'm incredibly blessed by that. And uh, thank you for supporting uh, the ministry that God's doing here. 
Um, uh, this year, when it was just so much easier to isolate from one another, we actually had people who said, hey, we want to be a part of the RCC family. And so I'm going to do the, the awkward thing right now. I gave you an email warning that it was coming. So uh, if you uh, were uh, one of our new members uh, this week, we just want to uh, affirm you and just say thank you. So would you just like pop up real quick um, and so we can see you? I know we had some in the first service and we had some that, that were gone. There's a list of people. Here we got Rebecca and Daniel who, yeah, there you guys go. Yeah, we got Ryan and Vanessa Potter, we got Samantha and Jonathan, uh, Kathy and Mike, and uh, Karen and Jeff, guys. Uh, so glad I've been praying for you guys, uh, for your families, and for you to find your fit, uh, for you to plug in where God has got you wired, and just incredibly excited that you have chosen to be a part uh, of Riverview. And so uh, thank you uh, for you guys. Um, so let me give you a heads up on the things that you were about to vote on. You have the, the slip that's in front of you. Um, there are a few constitutional changes and bylaw changes um, that are on there that you're going to be able to vote a uh, thumbs up or a thumbs down on. Um, just a heads up on what some of those things are. We've, we put out the, the, the updates um, probably about a month ago now, so hopefully you've had a chance to look at them online or physical copies that have been outside. But here's just kind of a Cliff Notes version here. Um, we've updated our core family values and tweaked our mission statement, and we've been operating under those for the past few years, um, but we just ha- it hasn't been in our constitution, so we're just going to make those current. Um, we also uh, made a, a, a tweak with the EFCA um, uh, in one of their articles, uh, as according to the doctor, they, they made uh, just a little switch. And so according uh, to the EFCA change, we just changed that, updated ours uh, as well in there. Um, we've updated the membership section to be able to include the membership class as well. We've updated uh, the selection for uh, the elders process. Um, uh, selection process. We didn't really change much. We just enhanced it um, just to make it a little more thorough. Um, so that's in there as well. And probably one of the biggest changes that you'll see is actually we, we select our elders and our deacons uh, kind of like with the, with the same process. They've got different roles, um, but there's a, it's the same selection process. Um, but the, we changed the deacon process in, in the bylaws to allow us, as we have need throughout the year, not to wait for, a, for another calendar year to roll around, but to be able to, if we see a need that pops up, that we can add a deacon. Uh, according to the same selection process, that we would vet and interview and, and whatnot to make sure that they were qualified, but just to be able to add them throughout the year so we don't have something there's just a gap on. So that's probably one of the biggest changes um, that you'll see. And we've also updated some of the language as far as uh, how, how we can vote um, or uh, what, what, what it looks like when we get together to vote. Um, we had a Zoom uh, meeting earlier in the year to, to vote for the PPP, and the only way that we could do that vote was simply through Zoom. Uh, and so things have changed because of 2020, and what we've been able to communicate in the past was just simply through snail mail. And so we've just tweaked the language to allow for um, social media contact or uh, text messaging or, or uh, email as well. So just to bring that up to date for where we are in, in 2020. Um, and so, you know, those are the changes that are going to be in there. So you can vote uh, a yes or no on that. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to bring up uh, Brad Roth. He is our elder uh, candidate uh, for this year. I love Brad. I'm getting to know him more and more. He's been, somebody uh, in this room uh, nominated him, and I fully agree with the nomination. Um, I've got to know him. I've watched him walk alongside his wife as she's been dealing with cancer. He plays the drums up here. He loves Jesus. He's in the Word. I'm encouraged by him. Uh, and uh, one of the, what we, our elders do is they help uh, guide and guard is the way we call it, um, help guide uh, our pastors and help guard the doctrine um, of, of the EFCA, but also what's true of us as a congregation as well. And so, uh, Brad, you got 30 seconds to win them over, brother. <laughs> well, it's great to be here. Um, just 
30 seconds? 30 seconds, And, and I've got 20, 20 left. Uh, <laughs> um, just to let you know a little bit, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I accepted the Lord um, many years ago and late in my high school years, and I'm counting that by the decades now. Mm, so uh, crazy. Uh, husband to D and dad to our three adult children and their spouses, and just pleased that they're all walking with the Lord. And best thing, I'm grandpa to Natalie and Caleb, and in a few weeks, uh, little Edie, who will be born in Omaha. Um, I'm passionate about our teaching ministry here and our worship, and like you said, I get to be involved in that. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I've been playing drums a little longer than I've been a believer, so that's kind of <laughs> fun too. But uh, You're pretty good at it. And, uh, you know, also really passionate about our, our uh, renewed and ongoing uh, emphasis on missions locally, regionally, and internationally. And uh, just really pleased to be um, asked to serve and uh, look forward to uh, ministering along with you all and uh, serving the Lord through this. So, yeah. Well, thanks, Brett. Thanks. Hey, everybody give him a round of applause. You'll be able to, to vote on him in just a, a few short minutes. Um, the last thing is uh, our budget. Um, you guys help approve uh, the budget and the ministry that the, the team has already talked about on here. And so Lonnie's just going to give us a, a, a kind of a Cliff Notes version of what's in that budget. And just celebrate what God's been doing to you guys do. There is a lot to celebrate. So thank you all for giving in 2020. We had an a unexpected year, but you guys came through in an amazing way. And our total giving was 90%. Go ahead and put that first slide up. Our total giving was 90% of what we had budgeted. And we had a large budget, $535,000, I think. Uh, so, so if you look on the column on the left, uh, was our actual expenses in 2020. Um, the expenses were only 92% of budget, too. So that helped a ton. So we were $6,000 more giving than there was expenses. And so as you all know in your households, when your income is higher than your expenses, that works well, much better than the other way. So thank you very much. Uh, the giving to the Imagine Project was phenomenal. Go ahead and show that chart. We started in 2019, which was a year and a half, a little more than a year ago, with $682,000 when we first talked about that. And you can see the chart, the giving has brought that mortgage down to $153,000 at the end of this year. That is phenomenal. So thank you for your giving there. Um, uh, one other question that was brought up, a uh, great question. Uh, what did we do with the PPP loan? If you remember in March, we had that Zoom meeting that Anthony talked about. We approved receiving the PPP loan money. Um, and so that helped us carry through. There was a time last year in the end of August, September, October, when our, our balance was low enough. Had we not had that money, we would have had to make, make some serious cuts somewhere and, and adjust things or, or you know, not pay people, things like that. So we didn't have to make that decision. That was, that was a, really a provision that, that allowed us to get through. And it's also money that's now in our community that we can give. And so if we go back to the very first table, um, we'll go through and look on the right side this time of our budget. So that's, we, we have more money now that we can put in our kingdom investment money to uh, use to give to people in the community if they have needs. Uh, 
meeting rents, meeting uh, just financial needs as they come to us, we can uh, give more through the financial or through the sidewalk project. Um, we've also made the choice as elders and, and the missions team to increase our total giving to missions, both locally, regionally, and internationally to different projects. And you've talked about that and we see that in the email every week. So please continue to pray for those people as we give to them financially. They, they even more need our prayer support. So continue to do that. On the right side, under total income, we see our, our budget for a general fund is 500,000 is our goal. Uh, we have 494,000, I think, is the, the number on the bottom of that line. But you'll notice where it says regular principal payment, that number is zero. Because of what you've given to the Imagine Project, the amount that we spend on interest has dropped by 30,000 this year. So we'll, we'll spend less than $5,000 on interest. I think it's actually more like three this year. If the giving continues as, as it was trending, if you go back to the chart, you can see the end of that mortgage, it drops off to zero. And so what you give, what we anticipate giving through the Imagine Project this year will eliminate our mortgage on this building and allow us to start finishing other projects that we've imagined. Uh, expanding the parking lot so that we can have parking for all weather events when we have weddings and funerals that people can park there and not out in some water holes and mud holes that show up in the grass. And we can finish some sidewalks in the back and, and along the street to allow people to walk here around this community and, and just, you know, kind of our own version of the sidewalk project that, that can happen here at Riverview to, to continue to dream about what might happen on this acreage to the north here. So a lot of great things coming up. Um, that's, that's our proposal. And so now is the time, I don't have a slip with me, but now is the time if you grab a slip on the chair there, um, we can fill out. There's three things to vote on, uh, proving or reaffirming of the elders and new elder. Um, if you would vote for or against the constitution change that's been proposed and if vote for or against the budget as we proposed by the elders uh, and the deacons here. Those are our three opportunities. So thank you for being here and listening. Uh, it's great to hear all the updates from our staff and, and uh, what's been going on. And I'll just take a moment here to pray and we'll finish in worship. God, thank you for all you have done. Thank you that you are the God of this church and that we are here because you have created a body of believers to worship you and to reach out and share your love to the community around us. That what you have given to us, we can give to others and we can share and love our community, love the people around and, and even reach globally in that way to share the love of Jesus Christ and the hope that was sent when your son came to the earth and died for our sins, that we can have a new life in him. We just praise you and uh, we lift you up in song right now. Amen.